Welcome back to Not Alone, a podcast about faith and mental wellness. We are so glad you're tuning in. This episode is the official kickoff of season two of the podcast, and we're excited for all the new things we have in store for you in 2021. Change is in the air. To talk about that, here are Michael McCord, Lindsay Geist, and Evan DeYoung. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to season two of the Not Alone podcast. I am Evan DeYoung, and I am joined every episode, as always, by Michael McCord and Lindsay Geist. We're so excited to be here in season two of the Not Alone podcast. We didn't know if there would be a season one, let alone a season two. And so we are so excited to share some ideas and thoughts we have on some new formats and what we're going to do with the episodes going forward. But before we get into any of the nitty gritty, I would love to let my co-hosts introduce themselves. Hey, everyone. Michael McCord is good to be back. Uh, excited for a new year and a, a new time to be together and uh, and for the direction we're going this year uh, with this podcast and look forward to more interactions and opportunities to connect with you guys. Hey, everybody. Lindsay Geist back again. Uh, I'm a licensed clinical social worker as well as a Methodist minister in the North Georgia Conference. And I'm excited for us to keep talking about faith and well-being and the intersection of all of that as we wrestle with uh, all sorts of topics, uh, just like last season, talking lots about mental health and learning from one another and seeing how that fits into our lives. I love it. Thank you so much for that transition, too, because we are exploring some new ideas here on the Not Alone podcast. A little bit of history for you. This started as a very interesting venture. Uh, We were originally going to produce a series of mental health trainings and events to coordinate with high schoolers and their parents using college students as a bridge uh, to be able to talk about the critical needs of mental health. And then a global pandemic hit. And do you know what that initiative was called? It was called Not Immune. So we had to change the name as well. <laughs> so I'd like to think that for some, somehow, so some way, unfortunate. This, is, this is all our fault. Uh, so, <laughs> so here we are in 2021, uh, and we're going forward. And we have kind of gone through most of the materials that we had kind of talked about and prepared uh, for that training. So what we did uh, over the year 2020 was we said, we need to get this information out there. We spent some time on it. Really, Lindsay spent some time on it. And... <laughs> And then we have gone through the materials that we kind of had for that training. And so for season two of Not Alone, uh, we are going to try out some new things for uh, based on some feedback that we've gotten and some thoughts that we have uh, around the rhythm of release, the content, the kinds of things that we bring to this podcast. Now, and one of the first things uh, is that we have kind of changed the focus uh, off of faith and mental health. And we're going to start using the term faith and well-being because we feel like that more accurate captures uh, everything that we're talking about because mental health is a component of well-being uh, but it doesn't mean that we're just going to be talking about things from the DSM we're not just going to open up uh, all of the, the diagnostic clinic- statistics manual for anybody that needs a little bit of glossary right there we're not just going to talk about diagnosing individuals <laughs> right we will continue to diagnose ourselves and each other you don't have to no worry about that. don't be the webmd to yourselves please see a clinician disclaimer Okay, keep going, Evan. <laughs> well, thank you so much for the Some caveat. things are not going to change this year. I'm just yes. going <laughs> to... 
<laughs> we haven't all grown new personalities, so it was, <laughs> I hope you like off-topic food references, and uh, we'll be good to go. Uh, so we're really excited uh, to be together again and, and for what this next season uh, of the podcast looks like in 2021. Uh, just to open it up, I'd love to hear, Michael and Lindsay, your thoughts about uh, some of the things that, that you're excited about going forward with this new format. I'm excited for us uh, continuing to wrestle with rhythms in our lives, uh, to talk about wraparound well-being, because I don't think that we found our new normal, um, because nothing about pandemic life is normal, Uh, but I'm excited to keep visioning about how how things affect our rhythms, how we adjust to them, how we respond to them, um, and really wrestling with where our paradigms of faith intersect with all of that. When when do we carry a paradigm that uh, we might not have known uh, how our lens influenced how we interact with the, with the world? So I'm really looking forward to this season of exploring more of that. And as always, learning from y'all. Uh, Michael and Evan, you, the three of us think so differently um, in a beautiful way. And I love getting to learn from each one of you. So I'm looking forward to that again in this season. Yeah, I think what I'm looking forward to is really what I loved about last season, which I think was, uh, for me, there, I met this person who, who happened to listen to our podcast um, I was, we were at a meeting and they were telling me that they had started listening to it. And early in this season, I shared about my dad dying when I was young. And this person was able to just say, you know, I, I recently lost my dad and we just struck up a conversation. And there was this moment where otherwise this normal be- meeting would have never I- encouraged that kind of connection. And I think what I hope we try to do is to normalize the things that, that, all of us are going through and, and, and to make it uh, seem normal and okay to talk about it openly and then allow that to form relationships. Because uh, in the pre-show when we were getting ready for this, we were talking about, we just wish people were nicer and kinder and slower with each other. Just, just listen and focus more on relationships than on being right. Um, and, and so I hope that that when we talk about well-being, um, that we talk about that well-being really happens when we have meaningful relationships that share their life with us and that we have our lives to share with others. And I think that's what we try to, we're going to attempt to do more of this year as we, as we connect with each other and and with you as well. Well said. I think that leads us uh, nicely into chatting a little bit about what our new format is going to be. Um, We really feel like this second season of not alone is a format that should be we want to be incorporated more regularly into the rhythms of our life, like Lindsay talked about. So we're going to, we're going to aim for a more weekly release schedule uh, and something that you can look forward to at a certain time of the week. Now, Michael has rolling his eyes because that is a state. You just made it real. Now you're making a commitment. I know. I Well, I said we're going to try, and so there's a lot of outs for all of us there as we're all very, very busy. But we want this to be something uh, that we have found a lot of benefit from in meeting regularly together to just talk about these things 
together. My, my life is better because we spend this time talking to each other. Uh, and so hopefully this could be something to model uh, strong dialogue and regular connection and that well-being and our faith need to be a regular focus of our weekly rhythms in life. Uh, so hopefully this is something that we can use as an anchor point or a launching point for well-being early on in our weeks uh, and that you'll still be able to listen to each episode independently. They're, they're not going to have to be listened to in series. Um, it obviously will be helpful. Uh, but the other thing is we also want to give a tangible launching off point for conversation with other people in your lives around faith and well-being. Uh, we hopefully will introduce topics and questions and challenge questions that allow you to strengthen and broaden the relationships that you already have. Uh, so it, I love bringing up a conversation with people that I care about to say, you know what, I was listening to a podcast the other day and they talked about this and it made me think about this. It's an entrance into deeper relationship and conversation with our communities around faith and well-being, which we think is fairly underdeveloped uh, around pandemic times and just in general as well. So we're really excited about the opportunity to be able to do that in our new format. Which leads us to our first segment, change. We are starting off 2021 season two talking about change. And today we're going to focus on change from a more clinical perspective. Now, change is a universal concept. We all experience change in our lives. Some of us anticipate change and we're excited about it. We're fearful of change. Usually it's not just one or the other. It's not as binary as we would always think about it, right? We talk about that a lot. Uh, and so as we enter into our conversation around change, question is this, what is your gut feeling when you, when you hear that we're talking about change today? For me, because we're still uh, pretty fresh into a new year, I can't help but think about New Year's resolutions when I first hear change. That's what kind of comes up in my gut. And when that comes up in my gut, uh, it almost never feels good. It, it, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'm sorry, y'all. I'm being real honest off the get go. Um, it just makes me think of failure and kind of icky because there are very few. Uh, attempts at change at the beginning of the year that I have uh, fully succeeded at to the level that I wanted to. And so the word change, uh, especially early in a brand new year, uh, doesn't really feel good to me. Um, so it's not a topic that I am super excited to talk about, but I think it's one that's necessary. And see, I, I am the complete opposite. I love change. You may not know this about me. This may not be obvious, but, or maybe it is. I love change. I mean, I can remember, I'm the type of kid who every week changed the arrangement of the furniture in the family room. It drove my family what? nuts. But I just was like, until I could find the perfect solution for how the furniture should be for maximum space to play plus maximum comfort to watch television. These are really important things that you have to measure out and you have to try and you have to experiment. And so for me, change is what I live for. Um, and now what that, the, the bad side of that is, the dark side of someone who's addicted to change is that you never feel comfortable with where you are hmm. and that nothing is ever good enough, that hmm. it could always be better. A lot and of things so, just clicked into place about you, Mike. <laughs> 
I saw that light bulb go off in that moment. Like, aha, I've learned something new. And it's so much and about it. I makes know, sense I know that there are people like me who love change and who just love to experiment and, and love to, to play and always looking to improve things. Um, and I think the real pushback in my life that I've experienced around it is that people who don't have that same feeling feel as if I'm saying they're not good enough Mm. or what we did together wasn't good enough. And so, um, I think that's my struggle is how do you, how do you recognize, uh, the goodness of, of being together without change and being, and and being content, um, as opposed to always rapidly moving. Mm. Makes me think that the way that my first gut reaction about change, it almost was in that binary way of success or failure. Change either is happened or it doesn't. Um, and that nothing naturally came up of, oh, it could be a spectrum of change. Change is. Mm-hmm. It is. Mm-hmm. And it will yeah. always will be. For me, uh, I love change externally. I love changing other things and other people. And I love to run from change internally myself. Uh, so I think that, that uh, that's kind of my gut reaction is I love being a part of change as long as it doesn't involve me, my personality, and me physically having to change. But the deepest moments of spiritual connection and, and growth in my faith and in life and development is when I do force myself to take the time to change. R- really, God puts me in a position where I'm forced to confront <laughs> myself uh, and change and discipline. And those things are challenging for me, but I love being a part of them in an external way. So that's why I've conned all of you into a podcast about change so we can talk about other things and I can dodge <laughs> all the questions about myself. <laughs> I'll make sure to bring some back about you, Evan. Don't oh, you great. worry. <laughs> I, need my, I need my free therapy hours, so that'll be great. Uh, So let's talk about a clinical definition of change. Lindsay, as our in-house clinician, what is there to be said about clinical thinking around change? Do we have like a structured definition that's there or where are we headed? Um, So when it comes to change and some sort of clinical formal definition, there's not a definition of the word change um, that feels extra clinical to me. Uh, but the clinical portion of it is how we understand change. Uh, so in the, in the clinical world, we talk about stages of change. Um, that is a concept that has started bridging over outside of just the clinical world. Um, and more and more people, uh, as they're trying to learn new habits and new rhythms, uh, have started talking about it. But there are five key stages in change that we all go through. Now, before I jump into that, have either of you heard of the stages of change before? I've heard of the stages of grief. Okay. But I have not heard the stages of change. Yeah, I think Michael and I should have to guess what the first stage of change is. Just Perfect. Okay, so what's going to be the first stage of change? And you cannot be Googling over there. (laughs) Celebration. You got any guesses, Evan? Identity crisis. (laughs) Okay. Both wild guesses um, into just thin air. Uh, So what's even funnier is the first stage is one that you're going to go, oh my goodness. Of course I'd say that. It's called pre-contemplation. Yeah, I know. Evan just dropped his pen. 
And Michael's face was like, come on, really? That was it. Yeah. So first stage is pre-contemplation before you even start thinking about the change or thinking about the thing you're going to change, um, which seems. So what you're saying is change is happening before you recognize that change is happening. Can we call it prevenient contemplation for our. <laughs> change that goes before us. Um, Michael, you want to give a quick prevenient grace definition? So prevenient grace is our concept, our in, in the sense of uh, at least United Methodist, United Methodist Wesleyan tradition that God's love and grace extends to all of us before we even begin to understand it. And it, and some people like to use the word like woo. It's a kind of a, a drawing force um, of love and grace that's that's given to us before we recognize it. How was that? That was great. That was super succinct and helpful. So that I got they to could... use the word woo too, which is, <laughs> is a good word. I just got saved again. You, I, that's it. <laughs> I see oh that hand. my goodness. Um, so pre-contemplation is before we even start thinking about change. Um, and maybe when you have an unhealthy habit, um, unhealthy coping skill we've talked about. Um, and so let's, let's give an example because I think it's helpful to have something tangible. Um, somebody that is consuming alcohol somewhat excessively. Um, and so they see it not as a problem whatsoever. You need a different example than that one, Evan? No, it's great. I just, I, <laughs> I just like, think it's... I, no, it's fine. It's just, we're all trapped inside and it's, there's no difference between night and day. So, okay. I was going to use an eating example and I left that one behind. No, um, no, substance is fine. Substance is fine. Okay. It's I was fine. like, do you, okay. Um, so it's when other people may be bringing it up or saying something and you say, it's not a problem or those people must be exaggerating. It's really not that big a deal. And so pre-contemplation is in some ways, almost denial that this doesn't really need to change at all. Um, there's no problem whatsoever. So then I'm going to serve it up on a silver platter. What do you think is the next stage in change? Contemplation? It is. (laughs) Michael wins. I know. I mean, they were real creative when they came up with this, right? Um, So you have pre-contemplation and then you move into contemplation. And if pre-contemplation means we're not thinking about it all, or we think people are exaggerating, what do you think contemplation is when it comes to an unhealthy coping skill? I think about it. It means you start thinking about it. You are correct. Um, So you might say, hmm, you know, four or five people have told me that I'm drinking a lot these days. Mm -hmm. And maybe I should think about it. Mm Mm-hmm. More than just my spouse or my best friend, but other people. Something right. like that. Yeah. It's um, a lot of times what happens in this category is uh, people are kind of on the fence. So it's not saying you're all in and you've fully decided. Um, it It's when you kind of do your wrestling stage. 
And so I think of this as um, a bit of your pros and cons list time, uh, your what if time, what if I changed, what if I didn't. Um, A lot of times this is maybe some of your information gathering time uh, while you're trying to decide, okay, what do I think about this? Um, So then the next stage, the third one, is preparation. Again, all of these stages, as I'm saying them out loud, seem like no-brainers. Of, oh, of course, that'd be the next thing that would happen. Because to make a change, you have to prepare and set things up to be able to make the well, change. Let's say, let's say to, to help to make a successful, a fruitful change. Correct. Let's say fruitful. A fruitful change. Some kind of preparation needs to happen. You can't just, I want to lose 20 pounds and the next day you just somehow change everything in your life to lose 20 pounds. It's just not, that's not realistic, right? Yeah, I'm glad you said that because you can't just all of a sudden will it to happen. You want to lose 20 pounds. You wake up the next day and uh, it just, you start automatically eating healthy and uh, and exercising. You just love kale for breakfast. I just love kale so much. (laughs) I mean, again, in a preparation step, part of it would be probably researching some recipes. Uh, It could be... Um, kind of going to the grocery store, actually buying things, figuring out a place in your house to exercise. Uh, these are all preparation components. Uh, they're the pieces that you do to be able to set yourself up for success and be able to live into the change. This can be really hard to come up with on your own sometimes. It can be helpful to talk to others, to just get an all-around look at it, uh, to figure out all the avenues that you could come in. So if we've pre, pre-contemplated, contemplated, prepared, what do you think the next stage is? Change. Close. Evan, you got something, a shot at it? Telling all your friends about it so that you will feel bad if you don't do it. Ooh, accountability. (laughs) (laughs) I I was going to describe that as guilting, but okay, accountability works too. I use the word accountability. Mm -hmm. Um, That would be really helpful in all of this. Uh, That is not the... Six changes, six steps of change is now... Okay, we're building our own. We have changed the definition of change. (laughs) Not to distract people. So the fourth step is action. Oh, I'm okay. Bad at that one. So you've prepared all of this and then you act on it. And okay. so um, you're putting your plan into action. Um, you are correct in the fact that accountability uh, could be part of the action in here. Um, it's broader than that, but it could be one of the components of action to make sure that you are successful. Um, and then the final stage. I've got this one. It's quitting. <laughs> yes. Self-reflection <laughs> of your moral failings. Incorrect. Um, <laughs> the last stage is called maintenance. Mm-hmm. And so it is where once you've implemented everything, 
that you kind of do some check-ins. So think about your, your car. If you got an oil change once, it doesn't mean that you don't ever have to do it again. Uh, I hope that when your eyes went wide, uh, Michael, it doesn't mean that you have never taken your car in for a second oil no, change. No, but, but I did not take it in during the pandemic, and I tried to start it the other day because I haven't driven it at all in the pandemic, and, and, and the battery was dead. And I thought of you, Lindsay. Because of my oil change issue? Yes. 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 Okay. Yes. It, y'all, go back and read, listen to, not read, listen to our previous episode about my oil change drama. You would think I would have learned from your mistakes, but instead I spent all day getting a new battery. So it was fun. Anyway, so maintenance, maintenance is important. It turns out. It turns out maintenance is important. That regular check-ins on any sort of habit, uh, coping skill, something that you have changed in your life. It is helpful to not uh, assume change one time means that everything will be perfect forever check-ins are critical. And so to be able to sustain your changed behavior over a period of time, check in here and there, see if there's any additional supports uh, that you need to put into place, any additional action steps along the way. Um, And so this is a a long-term stage. You know what I really appreciate about like, so so I know some of you might be thinking, oh my gosh, that's a lot just to talk about change. Um, People like me who just, who love change and change happens all the time. But what I like about what you, that that provides us is when I'm consulting with an organization and they're having trouble in their system, is we map that system out and we look for what I call pinch points, places where things aren't lining up. There's not enough resources and enough people. There's there's or there's no attention. There's a gap in attention uh, with your your clients or your uh, your parishioners, and so what what you've given us is sort of a roadmap. So if if you've had challenges implementing change that lasted, that you or that even started, much less those that didn't last, then this kind of gives you a roadmap to think about. I'm thinking about change in my last couple times where I tried to change something you know important in my life. And it didn't work out. At what part of that did did it break down? Where was the pinch point? Where was the challenge? Because that's where you can get coaching and support. Like we talked about, you know, uh, accountability. Th- those are the places you can get resources, and you can help you get to to bridge the gap that might exist in your your change initiative. One of my favorite questions to ask when preparing to change a habit or behavior is when I've walked through the stages of change, pre-contemplation, contemplation, contemplation, preparation, action, and maintenance, I I often ask which of these feels the most comfortable? Which of these stages do you feel like you excel at? Hmm. And so I want to ask both of you, of those five stages, which one feels the most natural to you or which, which stage do you enjoy the most? Contemplation and preparation for me, hardcore. Mm-hmm. I, I run through the first three stages of change about every other thing in my life, probably every three days, and maybe one one-thousandth of that first three-step cycle actually ever even sees action. And then mm-hmm. generally I spend too much money on something and never follow through with it. 
<laughs> what about you, so, Michael? Uh, action. Absolutely action. Like I can see, I'm, and just, just to go back to this, I haven't thought about moving furniture as a kid in a long time. I don't know where that memory came from, but I can remember like I had this, I, I just started moving. I had this vision in my head. And I just started moving. And then I realized, you know, I'd moved everything around this 55 uh, gallon aquarium and then realized I don't have any way to move the aquarium. And, uh, <laughs> and, and so, so it, it, it turns analogy. Yeah, it turns out that the aquarium's kind of heavy um, and a little bit awkward. So I had to go back and, and change the plan after halfway doing the plan. And so, um, I mean, I think that's a that's one of the characteristics that I struggle with, uh, just as even as an adult, is, is still like slowing down uh, and seeing the system and, and making plans and then doing it as opposed to doing it and thinking, oh, maybe I should have planned around that 55 gallon tank. I think you answer, you both answered the question well and, and kind of led into the next part that us knowing which one of those stages is the one that we like to gravitate towards also tells us something about what stages do we normally avoid or not enjoy as much. (laughs) And, and the stages that we enjoy don't enjoy, or we um, kind of avoid are probably the stages that we need to spend a little more time in. And we need to recognize that the ones that we enjoy the most, uh, we're probably spending too much time there. It's become a little too comfortable. And, and it can be helpful for every one of us to unpack a little bit about which one of these stages we spend too much time in and or not spend enough time in and mindfully start trying to shift that when we're making a change. Once again, too personal. I feel like we just stepped into a therapy session. This feels difficult. <laughs> yeah, it's okay, this, this is, is a ro- safe space. It's just us, Evan. This is my roadblock to hit the eject button. <laughs> I am not asking either one of you in this moment what you would like to change in your life. I am not asking you to start thinking about that change or say it to the whole world. I'm just telling you how you would go about healthy change. If you are in a place that you're already thinking about changing and this feels a little guilty to you, then that's not my fault. It just is what it is. <laughs> you know what? I have I have a lot of challenge in change. Obviously, there's the obvious things that, like, you know, habit, you know, diet, exercise, you know, all the, like, tangible things that have to do with our, like, external world. One of the things that's really challenging for me about change is when I have those, like, deep, deep moments of reflection that for me typically come when like I do something or say something that ends up being like hurtful for someone and I didn't really intend it but like the culmination of my actions and not cultivating change in a good direction result in harm because I didn't steward myself well or like I didn't steward my tongue and maybe I said something that wasn't what I really meant but it didn't wasn't taken the right way like there's harm created that typically creates this like silo that like gets through the busyness and the noise and makes me like, hyper focus on who I am and change and, and what I need to change about myself 
Uh, and that is a real challenge point for me when it comes to change is when it has to do with like who I am. Like when things don't go the way you want and you, you have to look at yourself and say, why didn't this work out the way that I think it should have? If I am this person, if I am a kind person, why on earth did I say this? Or why did I act this way? Or why did I not follow through with this thing at work? Or how did I let people down? It's a lot of the time the clarity comes from that, that pushes me through to action is because the action that was taken was not what I actually wanted to happen. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Michael is deep in thought over there. I am. I, 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 I wish recently. that there was a way that so often people listening to the podcast could see your thinking face because it is very clear the look that you get on your face where you go, I am clearly thinking something and just trying to find the words to come out as I'm finishing wrestling with it. Yeah, that's how I felt. It's like, I don't know. I don't know what I wanted to share of this, but I think um, part of maybe part of, I don't, I don't know. I'm not really trying to psychoanalyze analyze myself in this. I'm just thinking that I love change. And one of the things about change though, that, that, that people kind of get sort of addicted to or obsessed, maybe not addicted, but more obsessed with is that, it's about trying to change themselves and uh, to be somebody that they're not. And right there, there are some forms of that kind of change that are healthy, right? I mean, if, if you're, if you, if you're, if your physical unhealth is harming you and, and you need to take some steps to change your behaviors to help be more healthy. But then there's also this other side of, of that obsession of changing who you are um, where you're not satisfied with the person that you are and you're trying to be something that you're not. And, and the reason I'm sharing that is I've, I've spent a good bit of time because I'm, I'm one of those people um, where I want to be the best I can be um, and I want to not be the things that people don't like. Hmm. Um, but I realized that, as, as Lizzie's told us, uh, both things are true at the same time, is that I can be both the things that people like, but also I'm going to be because of just the nature of life, things that people don't like. And you can't avoid that. Um, and so I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to express in this is like learning to understand who you are first um, and what's, what about you can and should or is healthy to change. And then what, else, what about you is really good that you're just seeing as something that's bad that needs to be changed. Does that make any, I don't know if that makes any sense. Yeah, the contrast there is clear to me. That is tough. And I think, honestly, that's probably a, a really good opportunity for us to segue into what we're going to talk about next episode as well, uh, which is that we're going to incorporate the ideas of what God says in the Christian sense about faith and change and what he expects of us spiritually. Because I think when it comes to actual substantive change, uh, looking at it in just like a clinical lens compared to what, how we would view it as a faith lens, I think there's some extra caveats about what it is that God is who he expresses himself to be in scripture 
tells us about change in our lives as well. It's hard for me to separate the two, having been a Christian for most of my life. Mm. Yeah, it is hard to separate uh, separate those two sides of ourselves. Um, I think that this will be a unique uh, series of episodes of not saying that any of these things are mutually exclusive of each other, but just have enough information to wrap our minds around uh, each uh, kind of each aspect of it and then see how they all intersect will be Mm -hmm. helpful and fascinating. So if we were going to push pause on this to, to talk about our kind of challenge takeaway question for each of us from this segment, I think this is plenty to chew on uh, before we examine it deeper in our next episode. What is just lingering in your mind, as, as you would say, you've taken away as kind of a, a challenge question or a takeaway from just what we've talked about a change so far? For me, it always sticks with me of what parts of the stages of change do I feel the safest and most comfortable in and which which stages feel uncomfortable to me um, that I like to hurry up through or avoid? And how can I be mindful uh, about my avoidance tendencies of... Uh, or, or rushing through some of the other stages. So I, um, I love this, this, uh, this sort of stages that you set out for us. And I think what you, you highlighted right there is just really a really important, like what, where can you, where can you invest in the areas that, that you struggle with or you try to avoid? And one of those investments that I want you to think about too, or that I want to think about too is, is how do I celebrate the small wins? Um, mm-hmm. And that kind of leads us into next week as we talk about a little bit more theological is that I think that some people, it is possible to think. Um, there, there is enough language around and uh, enough people talking around that, that becoming a Christian instantly changes everything. Um, it doesn't, it doesn't. And, and so I think all changes like that change instantly changes some things but it also doesn't change everything. And so finding ways to celebrate the small changes and recognize and, and slow down enough um, to see the changes that are happening in your life and recognize them and celebrate them, um, I think will give us all the encouragement to keep pressing towards uh, the change we'd like to see in our lives. Mm, those are great. I think for me it, it revolves around radical ownership. I've been really trying to challenge myself with radical ownership of um, different aspects of life and action and personality and when it comes to change having that level of introspection and saying there's a lot of environmental things that happen around change that are completely outside of our control but how do I give myself ownership back to be able to interact with the change process because regardless of what's happening in the world around me I have ownership over the change process in my life like regardless of whether someone's pushed me down on the street and on the sidewalk, I have, and I'd have to react to it. That hasn't happened to me, but um, I have to react to it. That process of change for me, I have ownership about how I process it, what my actions are. And I love the way that you broke it down into those five steps, Lindsay, uh, to be able to say, okay, if I can get some understanding around the change process uh, and have some contemplation around 
the process itself, uh, then I feel like I can actually start to make that into a, a rhythm that deals more with my faith and well-being around the, the concept of change in my life. I think that's great. Well, thanks, everybody, for the, the conversation and the thoughts. Always a fun and wonderful time. Uh, any other thoughts before we wrap up and, and give a little preview on next episode? Thanks take- for coming back for season two. Oh, yeah. Yeah, great to be together. It's good to see you guys again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, we hope that this podcast finds you well, wherever you are in the car or walking or whatever you're doing when you're listening to this. We just want to say thanks for taking the time to do it. Next, Moving week, the furniture be- around the house, that's totally yeah. an acceptable use of this podcast. The person rearranging their house while they were listening to this that had a 55-gallon aquarium is feeling Please reach out to me right now. <laughs> <laughs> Which is perfect. Next week, we are going to jump into next week next episode we're going to jump into faith and change what the bible says about change and how our faith should impact how we think and view change in our lives both personally organizationally in our churches Uh, so it's going to be a fun time for us to explore even deeper uh, some of the challenges and opportunities that exist around change once again thanks to justin Patton who produced this episode and did all of our music and transitions we love you justin thank you for everything that you're doing as always don't forget to rate the podcast on whatever platform that you're looking at it on i guess listening to it is really the, the proper term we appreciate that and we appreciate all the comments and feedback that you get. Um, so you can always catch us on Not Alone Pod on Instagram. We'll have content there, and you can message us there or reach out to us personally if you know us. Uh, and uh, you can let us know what you think. We're looking forward to next week, and we will see you next episode. Thanks, everybody. <laughs> <laughs>